everyone. Another episode of The Way It Is podcast. This is Sam here with Joel Malcolm. Uh, Luca is filming another podcast in a different location, so stay tuned for that. But here we are to talk about being fiscally responsible for 2023. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sam. Well, you introduced the topic, so what do you have? Yeah, so obviously... Uh, possibly head into a recession. They've been saying that since uh, it's going to happen in December. Still hasn't officially started, um, but obviously a lot of things to talk about. A lot of times people have their new year as uh, get fit, lose some weight, uh, but also be uh, financially responsible. Uh, So we figured it'd be great for us to talk about it. We're not financial advisors or financial financial planners, but um, we might have some two cents to share from experiences and uh, hearing information from other people uh, that could be beneficial to you. So take it all with a grain of salt. Uh, We'll say what worked for us, more information about stuff that's out there that you may not be aware of. uh, And hopefully we'll have a good financial year for everyone. uh, Us included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, just touching on the recession there, you know, you never really know you're in a recession until you're almost coming out of a recession and you don't even really know when you're coming out of a recession. So... Yeah, you know, I do find that it's the, the worst part of a recession is the basically the anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not actually being in it. In it, you know, the media is going to cry recession, 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 recession until it's out of the media cycle. Uh, and it's almost best to zone it out and just follow, you know, not not probably not the advice we're giving you, but the advice experts give you in terms of saving and cutting back, um, which all suck, but unfortunately have to happen. Yeah. Um, just to weather through the storm, the storm that we don't know when it's going to hit, if we're in it right now, when it's going to end. Exactly. But, and, and I mean, honestly, a lot of the principles that they teach during a recession are ones that should be used throughout your life in terms of saving. Because, you know, I think we all go through those cycles of we where we spend a little too much on things and we yeah, could probably cut back. Yeah, it's just consumerism taking over. And, you know, it's a little bit of a, a humbling time, I think, for a lot of mm-hmm. people. And and uh, and it's important, you know, if you do need extra help to ask, ask people around you or friends or family for that extra help or rely on some services that are out there, like uh, if it comes to it, like things like the food bank which are, are there to help you in, in those stressful times where, exactly. you know, really you have nobody else to turn to. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of this podcast is going to be targeted more at our, our generation just because I feel like uh, from experience with uh, my friends and colleagues and stuff like that, we're not a savings generation. No one's preparing for retirement. It really mm-hmm. feels like a lot of people are living that paycheck to paycheck life and kind of like, oh, I made this much money. Now I'm going to go travel and blow it all until I can kind of start saving up now for the we next can experience travel. yeah right yeah. and um as great as that is i mean ex- experience is is oftentimes worth more than the money that you spend on it however you do kind of have to set yourself up so that when you're 65 plus and it's not as easy to work you don't have to um so obviously a couple good habits to get into now uh is kind of well segue into uh, a couple things that hopefully people are aware of and if not here you are but uh the tax-free savings account uh, contribution room for this year is six thousand five hundred dollars it's up 500 bucks from last time Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so for those of you not familiar with that uh, type of account it means that any interest or income earned while in that account is not taxable it does not contribute towards your income um, which is a pretty big benefit uh, one thing that I recommend people to start doing is that uh, when you get paid bi-weekly uh, it's often a good kind of thought to contribute to it with every paycheck because then it's like the money is not necessarily there for you to spend on something you really don't need. So approximately 270 bucks bi-weekly would help you get your contribution goal uh, to max out your TFSA this year. 
another vessel is the RRSP. So obviously that is your registered retirement savings plan. Um, that is a, a great tool as well, especially because people are self-employed and even those that are not, it decreases your uh, taxable income. Um, basically what you're doing is you're putting money away to be taxed later on. So mm -hmm. it saves you money in the short term and then you can have it uh, uh, contribute towards your basically year, yearly income in retirement, uh, which is when it's taxable. So that contribution is dependent on your total income. So I can't tell you what that is, but certainly you should be able to look it up on your CRA login. Yeah. And and basically at this, this age, uh, you're usually encouraged to do your TFSA first. Um, because if you're leaving something in your TFSA for, you know, 35, 40 years, it's much better to have that tax-free growth and be able to take it out without paying tax on it rather than have that growth and then get taxed on that entire amount. Yep. Um, Certainly, if you can, contrib contributing to both would be ideal. Yeah. But obviously, especially with a recession, sometimes money might be tight. So. Yeah. And uh, definitely talk to an accountant, mm -hmm. uh, not to us. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and then uh, I guess the last thing to talk about is the new um, uh, first-time homebuyer savings account. So that has a contribution limit of $8,000, uh, which is uh, has its pros. Obviously, it acts as an RRSP and as a TFSA in a way. So there's no taxes based on the money you contribute. And it also, or sorry, the growth that happens. And it also decreases from uh, your total income. Um, one thing to consider too, is for those that aren't even planning on purchasing a house, this rolls over into your RRSP, RRSP. Uh, so certainly you can contribute to it add an additional $8,000 to take away from your total taxable income. Um, and then eventually it'll roll over. So something that someone can use, uh, who hasn't purchased a house, whether or not they're going to be buying something, mm. which is a plus. So. And I think that's pretty much it for, for government incentives, at least. Well, that's uh, just, yeah, that's certainly uh, the, the three main accounts that I feel like are most applicable to uh, to basically the, the common person. Uh, and just touching base, obviously, if these saving goals are difficult to achieve, just do like the best that you can. Um, another thing to kind of help with these saving goals is saving money elsewhere so that you can put the savings into these accounts or at least not sweat about paying your rent, paying your mortgage, or paying your car insurance, that kind of thing. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously uh, grocery shopping. Food prices with inflation, everything like that have kind of gone through the roof. Uh, I don't know if anyone's on Reddit who's listening, but oftentimes I see people post, this is what $100 purchased me in Ontario. This is what $100 in groceries purchased me in Manitoba. And it's people comparing how much they're able to purchase for their amount. And sometimes it's like three items. And you're like, how, like $100 means nothing now. But then sometimes people post and it's literally like a, uh, a kitchen table full of uh, six meals for the for a family of eight kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really comes down to where what you're spending your money on, uh, trying to be uh, frugal and basically shopping around. Uh, oftentimes people go to Loblaws, um, which is probably the most expensive grocery store. Uh, they kind of have the right to be because they offer everything and it's always generally good quality. However, uh, you can save so much more money by going to Food Basics or yeah. No Frills. Uh, just one of those other uh, kind of grocery store brands where you don't have to spend an arm and a leg yeah. and shop the flyers. Yeah, too, and, right? I, and I'm happy to dive into the whole grocery store stuff that's going on because obviously that's where people notice it the most, like you mentioned. Um, but even those discount stores, which well, historically discount stores, 
uh, not only are the consumers dealing with shrinkflation, so that's just essentially getting less for either the same amount of money or more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you may notice uh, your can of beans went down from 450 milliliters to 420 or something, and they slimmed up the can. And, and you don't really notice it because the price generally doesn't change. They just reduce the volume. Yep. Um, but you're literally getting less uh, and paying the same price. Um but usually, like what we've seen, prices have, have skyrocketed even at these discount grocers. Um, yep. And it's become a necessity to go there uh, instead of Loblaws or, or another uh, bigger grocer or even Costco. You know, and there's there's some chains out there that are that at least seem on the surface a little more ethical than others. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of their pricing. And Costco's uh, a good one for that example. It, exactly. They haven't and, changed their price of chicken in uh, something like yeah, 20 years. Yeah, but. yeah, now they have lost leaders, which would be your, your chickens to bring people in. Yeah. Um, but even just their general markup on other items, they're not trying to, to gouge you, right? I believe they try to stick to a 10% profit margin, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, I'm happy to pay a 10% profit to them. Um, they treat their employees well. They you get good prices on things. You know, Absolutely. You can't really, uh, Obviously, pick and choose because uh, it doesn't make sense to go to Costco and buy a 17-liter a container of spinach because you're mm-hmm. never going to get through it. Yeah, uh, as long as you're not but, wasting the majority of Because you don't want that. Obviously, yeah. it makes more sense to go to somewhere a bit smaller for, for yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah. certainly... Uh, shopping around is helpful and then another thing kind of just staying on the food train uh is what the pandemic did is they skyrocketed delivery right so everyone is using skip the dishes uber eats doordash that kind of thing uh because of the convenience to kind of get food to your house without having to interact with people which was great however the price on those things is is pretty significant and i'm not telling you to stop enjoying food out because at the end of the day we want to support local restaurants and stuff like that and support the economy um however i can promise you you will save money driving to go pick it up yourself yeah right well at the very least at the very least um obviously try to limit the number of times you eat out uh yes i'm a true believer in saving time is almost better than saving money sometimes uh but to an extent uh, and that four-minute drive to the uh, local restaurant is is not going to set you back, uh, mm-hmm. especially because you're waiting for the food anyways. Um, and it could save you $10, $15, which will add up time and yeah. time again. So. Yeah, talking about eating and then, I mean, we can talk about eating out. Dine-in restaurants now are, I mean, they're understandably, their costs have gone up. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, we can even tie it into commercial rents. They've skyrocketed alongside residential rents as well. Um, so you're going to see price increases there. Then we can start talking about tips oh. yes that's a topic that uh, a lot of people a lot of people hate yeah. it yeah. a lot of people in the industry love it you know yeah it's it's gonna be that's that's a difficult one to talk about so when i went yeah. to australia and they had tip and tax included on all their prices wow world traveler yeah huh? thank you well four um, years ago very happy i have a cultured person <laughs> like that here. Um, um but yeah that i mean that was a breath of fresh air um honestly not being able to look at a price and uh and know mm-hmm. what you're gonna pay instead of being presented with a machine that starts at 20%. Yeah. And you're going, okay, I, I you know, I ordered a coffee at the till or, you know, I, I got a, a pop and you filled yeah. it up. And, and let's just start, start talk with the progression of that because I remember when I basically started kind of paying for my own food, uh, the standard was because everyone was making a, um, what was it called? Um, what's the wage they were using? It's like a, a restaurant wage, essentially. 
like restaurant workers were being paid less than minimum wage oh, yeah, due yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah when it was like 12 uh, bucks for a server for Ser- server's wage yeah, i think yeah, it was yeah, yeah, right yeah. server's wage so yeah so that existed and that's why tipping culture was a thing almost yeah um and the standards at the time too were uh 10 percent for delivery 10 percent for uh like kind of f- fast food not fast food but if you're like um if they just kind of make the food on you and they're not serving you at yeah. a table yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it was 15 percent in a restaurant uh, was kind of the standard. That's where it was. Yeah, and then now, 10% if you want to be generous, 20% if you want to like blow the moon away. Exactly, and it was kind of a yeah. gift of this person did a really good job yeah. for the most part, and you were almost supplementing their income, which sucks. The restaurants should be paying these people a living yeah, wage. Yeah, like I, I, I'd, I'd be happier to see prices on menu with a little disclaimer at the top saying, yeah. "Look, these prices include tax and tip." So yeah. you know you're gonna be what you know what you you know what the end total. Yes, you can calculate it yourself, you know, before you order food and everything. But I mean, I, I just appreciate, I guess, transparency. Yeah, absolutely. Um, up front. And, and, you know, of course, I think uh, there's incentive behind having a tipping culture, right? Because, you know, you get servers and, and people who are uh, maybe a little more um, friendly, nice. Friendly. Yeah, exactly. Of, you know, they uh, make your meal they're better. hoping for a tip. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's obviously an, an increased pressure on them to to perform. perform to get the tip. I mean, not now that they're getting paid more and there's no server wage, mm-hmm. but just when. But let's just talk on that real quick. Is that my point of what I was saying? Is that server wage is gone, so everyone yeah. should be making minimum wage uh, at a restaurant, if not more. Uh, but the tipping culture has changed too, but not for the direction you'd think. With staff being paid more, you'd think that tips yeah. would decrease. But Joel just said it well, right the on the nose. Food that, going up as well. Why are we tipping yeah. a percentage more? Like yeah, ten ten percent, three to 15, five. Like yeah. our percentage tip is increasing when our food prices and our and all the other prices have increased. Mm-hmm. And then don't get me started on tipping on tax as well. And, <laughs> and when you look at the machine, it's not saying that 10%, 15%, 18%. Yeah. Sometimes it starts at 18%, which yeah. like, even if the server's good, when I see that, that just grinds my gears because yeah. that shouldn't be the default option because I'm not going to lie. There's some people that don't have their reading yeah. glasses on and they're picking an option and they don't know necessarily what they're paying. But yeah. the fact that that's where tipping has gone is now the minimum standard that people are trying to convey is 18%, but yet they're also be pay- being paid an affordable wage and pricing has gone got up like that's that's really unfortunate it leaves like a bad taste in almost everyone's mouth and that's not the case i want to go somewhere enjoy myself and then if i feel that i should be tipping someone 20 percent, it's because they did a fantastic job and there's no exterior pressure and i feel like that would be that much more beneficial an experience as opposed to oh the default on your machine is 20 percent. yep yep so absolutely Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that's a little blurb on. Well, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, we can't solve it. Because, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, a, I mean, it's a cultural thing, and we're not opening restaurants yeah. and no. making the change. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, it's been so engraved in in Western culture. I don't know if it's something that's going to change. Well, at least in in um, America and yeah. well, USA and Canada. So. Yeah. Rule of thumb: we'll see. Restaurants, employees, or employers, please pay your staff appropriately. Yeah. Uh, so that there's not a crazy <laughs> pressure to for us to supplement your income. Yeah. But obviously, if someone's still doing a good job and you have the ability to offer a tip, then then do so because obviously that can go a long way, especially when someone's putting the effort in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what we can do now, I guess, in terms about that. I guess that was a bit of a sidebar from. Uh, well, saving money in the I guess, tips. I guess. You know. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't want to come across as a bit of a scumbag when you don't tip, right? Because that and that's that's the societal yeah. pressure coming down on mm-hmm. you. Um, cause All right. Let's 
segue back. Want to bring it back. Okay. 2023. Let's throw some personal tips, advice about things we used to do. So I'm going to start. When I was younger, I was pretty good at saving. Like that was my thing. My brother, on the other hand, spent every dime and every penny he well, had. Well, I, I found it was easy but, to save as a kid because you never had anything coming out. Unless, yes. Like you never had monthly bills, right? You always you always were in control. And every time you, you knew something was coming to your account, it's because you're tapping your card mm -hmm. or, or taking out cash or something. Yeah. But sorry, keep going. Well, so what I did as a kid that really helped me save money is uh, using round numbers. And maybe this is just something that has to do with me. Maybe it's some OCD little measure that makes me think that this is how it should be. Um, whole numbers it's hard to break them i find that i feel like for most people if you're given a hundred dollar bill it's harder to spend the hundred dollar bill than it is to spend uh five twenty dollar bills mm. right twenty dollar bills can live you left a hundred dollar bill there's something about it regardless of how much money you make where you're like hundred dollar bill let's go put this somewhere i'm not just going to throw it away i'm going to rather use smaller bills and i find the same thing helps me in my bank account uh, so as a kid, it was always once I got to like 100 bucks saved, well, that money stays there and I'm not touching it because I don't want to break that down to 90. I don't want to break it down to 80. I don't want to break it to a weird number like $78 and 36 cents. Um, so the most part, I would do that. And still to this day, my savings account is set up where it's a nice clean number. Basically, like if you're trying to reach that TFSA amount uh, when you're transferring, let's say, $300 every single time. And then eventually when you're at a $6,500 number in there, a part of me feels psychologically, it's a little bit harder for me to go and grab uh, some money into it to kind of decrease it. Um, when it's that nice, you have $6,500 saved. So if anyone's struggling with pulling out of their savings accounts to spend, uh, almost make it a number that's clean that shouldn't be touched in a way. So don't put in $2,786.05 because you're more likely to spend that $86. Mm -hmm. Just leave it as 2,500 bucks. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit less, but maybe now you're less likely to kind of yeah. mess it up. So yeah, that's what's worked for me. Giving yourself a chunk to spend essentially. And, yeah. and that's yeah. an aspect of it too. So that's what's worked for me. Um, uh, ever since I was a kid and still to this day, I do it. So certainly try it out if you want. Yeah, and, and I guess going on to at least monitoring your bank account, take a look at your subscriptions. Um, you yes. know, I, I took a look and for the past few months, I've been paying for some Xbox thing that I, I forgot. Do you have an Xbox? For. No, no, no. But they got the whole <laughs> game streaming. Anyways, anyways. So, uh, so I canceled that. It was eight bucks a month. Um, yes, it's a small amount, but you know, if you have two or three of those things going on, then cancel those and it, it helps. Anything helps, especially when you're in a recession environment. And that also ties into insurance renewals. Um, yes. whether you're a tenant and have a tenant insurance, car insurance most people have uh, or home insurance or life insurance even um, give a call to an insurance broker or whoever you get your insurance through see what the new rates are see if it's worth to switch over um, I know even with my home insurance uh, I'm going to be switching over once it comes renewal in April um, but my new insurance is the same although it's the same price I have a ton of extra benefits that I don't have on yep. my current insurance. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, check your subscriptions. Um, like, you know, uh, Luca, Luca and, and the team, we merged our, uh, our CRM systems. Um, and that's, that's over a hundred bucks a month for me. Um, that's no longer coming out of my account. Yep. Uh, you know, find those areas where you can, you can trim well, things. And talking about merging your subscriptions. I mean, most people have a Netflix account with their parents. There you go. Make sure yep. you don't have one with yourself. Yep. Um, oftentimes, uh, everyone subscribes to every single streaming platform out there because they don't want to miss anything. But the reality is it's really easy to restart your subscription after the fact. Yes. Yep. So 
if there's a service out there you're not using right now on a regular basis, like maybe you're not using Crave, maybe you're not using Amazon Prime Video, well, deactivate that subscription. Save yeah. a couple months of that amount of money. And then, yeah, maybe if there's something on there that you're like, I really got to see this, you resubscribe, yep. Yep. finish the episode, get rid of it, that kind of thing. Or ask uh, ask your friends to buddy up on them. Because exactly. I can tell you right now, I use my parents' net, parents' Netflix um, so me, my brother, and my parents, we all share accounts. We yep. use my parents' Netflix, we use my Amazon Prime, and I use my brother's Apple TV. And we you have... probably use my Crave and my Bell Fiber. Yeah, yeah I so, do, I do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Joel's paying yeah. nothing. Listen, everybody does it. Yeah. Uh, no services really stop it. So why not? They're putting you know, some restrictions in place, but it's still not. I saw it. I've been affected by exactly, Netflix. But, but it's still not enough to kind of stop at least yeah. one or two people from sharing the account. Yeah. Right. And that's and you should really do that. Yeah. Because so. literally I pay, uh, you know, 90 or 100 bucks a year for Amazon Prime, which includes uh, Prime Video, mm-hmm. um, which which I actually watch quite a few things on. Um, and that's that's essentially it. For, for my streaming services because uh, yep. Netflix is paid for and Apple TV mm. is paid for. And that covers a huge yep. portion of, of content. I mean, mm. truthfully, it's just Netflix most of the time. Yeah. Um, but that's huge. And but then for all those sports lovers out there too, yeah. this is actually awesome that this service does this. So, I mean, primarily if you're a soccer fan, you probably have Fubo TV or DAZN, football fans DAZN, that's kind of thing. What DAZN does is you can suspend your subscription for the off season. So if you're only a fan of football, uh, well, there's no point in paying a yearly subscription for watching football. So you can basically pay your monthly subscription for the season. So when it's over, you suspend it for six months and then you have that six month savings. Um, so basically check into those if you used Zone or other sports uh, apps, uh, like basically apps, just suspend them when you're not watching yeah. your seasons. Yeah. So. Um, and then also a big one is uh, is phone plans and internet plans. Yeah everybody hates having that phone call with their provider Mm -hmm. um because it just feels like you're just grinding each other down you and the customer service rep and it just feels horrible and wrong um but seriously consider switching over to a new provider um new provider at a lower rate because those are areas where you can really save a lot of money a lot of people think you need a gigabit connection um when you're streaming netflix um i can tell you right now uh we have four heavy users in in my house like very heavy users we're talking gaming we're talking everybody streaming at the same time joel makes up three of them yeah uh... (laughs) uh i'm on a 90 megabit connection um so one tenth of your typical gigabyte uh connection not an issue never been yep. an issue um and i'm Same 60 here. bucks in tax in so yep. seriously take a look at these plans because and especially after the one year two year mark you know the, those providers will up up yep. your plan without you even knowing um and then consider switching to a uh a, a cheaper cell phone provider yep. um service so provider. boxing day and black friday are actually okay, great days them, i know it's a regret for not getting no <laughs> obviously it didn't happen this year, but yeah. in the future in 2023 look for those boxing day yeah. black friday deals that's when cell phone providers put out uh pretty significant rates where you can lock in for a year or two years um and save a significant amount of money yeah don't just wait though because obviously as joel said you can have these conversations today and save money um so that's that's a possibility and one thing that 
uh, kind of just to talk about the internet connection, um, is that, so Joel's using, you said 90 megabytes, right? And it's more than enough for four heavy users, which is true. Now there's people out there who are going to have 500 megabytes coming through and they're going to say, my internet is not supporting me. So I got to upgrade to mm-hmm. a gigabyte. That is almost never the case. And I know I thought about that the first time I got internet, uh, but it's because I'm using Bell Fiber Optic, which the internet quality is fantastic. The modem slash router they give me is god awful and doesn't sub, like support a range of multiple devices or to the entire like every single corner of yeah. my house. So, uh, yeah, maybe there was a thought where I was like, I got to upgrade my speed to make this work. No, you just got to upgrade your router sometimes. So instead of yeah. spending uh, spending thousands of dollars per year to kind of get more speed, just have a better output from your router, which could be. 100 bucks at best buy and then now everyone in the house can have good quality exactly that's what it comes down to yeah yeah we're getting a little technical but essentially it's yeah your service coming into your house which talks to your modem which talks to your router and your router talks to all your wireless devices okay Um, nerd i wasn't gonna go there well i'm just simplifying you you name dropped all these different devices now uh now providers are, are giving you just one box which is a modem and a router yeah um, together which is awesome save space and it usually looks kind of funky now all the new ones coming out yeah um but a lot of the times if you have a bigger home especially or an older home with really thick walls like plaster or something uh the router just doesn't cut it anymore and you're going to need a, an additional uh router somewhere probably or a wireless access point is what they're called throughout your house yep. um uh, which is i mean something you can definitely google and then get somebody out to install mm-hmm. uh, not to touch on in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this podcast that's, yeah, for that's sure. another one yeah but uh, just one more note on cell phone providers and internet providers and really any providers, don't be afraid to switch. Uh, yep, it's going to be some hassle. You're yeah. going to sink some time into it, whether it's an hour, two hours, three hours. You're going to save a lot of money if you're willing to actually switch providers um, and go to a service, you know, going from, let's say, Rogers to Public Mobile, which is a subsidiary of TELUS, so it uses TELUS Towers. You're going to get... Uh, you're going to get the 4G network on TELUS, uh, but only at 3G speeds. Um, You're not going to get 5G from Rogers, but try it out. Uh, You may not get all the perks and all the benefits and blah, 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 but it will come at a significantly reduced price. But even switching from Rogers to Bell sometimes, it might even have the solution, right? Or Rogers to TELUS, you can get those uh, decent speeds. Yes, Rogers generally has some of the best coverage out there, but does everyone need it? No. No, no. If 99% of your time is spent in a metropolitan area, then there's no concerns about having rural reception. Which you probably would anyways. Um, exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying they don't. They just probably mm-hmm. don't have as good as Rogers, especially and in this area. a long time ago, brand loyalty used to be a thing, but these oh, big corporations do not care. care. Yeah. So you got to do what you got to do to kind of save that money. Just to tally up. So I guess I can give a, a personal example. Uh, I switched my home. Well, I'm going to be switching my home on my auto. I got rid of my contact management software and merged it. Um and I switched my internet provider and I'm saving, it's going to be about 160 bucks a month this year, which is, which is huge. You know, that's, that's another run to the grocery store, um, big load of groceries, which would help out a ton of people. Exactly. And, and to kind of just talk about that. So Joel obviously looked at what he was spending money on and and reviewed it. And I find not, almost no one does that. So it's it's hard to sometimes to come to terms with how much you spend on things. And even looking through my monthly bills, oh my God. And which you should look through monthly monthly bills. I don't know if anyone uses Google Sheets out there. It's free. 
literally go on there. There's templates for monthly budgets, some that are great, things you don't even have to touch. Um, and you don't have to be super familiar with Excel or Sheets to use them. They just basically type in stuff from your bank statements. I would highly recommend doing that from a, at least a couple month period. Like don't do not do a whole year and try to get your yeah. results, but just do like one, two, three months because then it can show you your habits. You might not know that you're spending $800 a month on skip the dishes yeah. or yeah. that your internet, uh, cell phone, car insurance, blah, 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 is contributing two grand when you could probably bring it down to like, a uh, thousand kind of thing mm-hmm. like you don't know these things until you kind of fully look uh, and this is one of the ways that's best to kind of go through uh, oh these are the subscriptions I don't need these are the things I can try to, to negotiate and bring down uh, and oh I have a spending problem on these particular items or goods or whatever I got to control this um, so that I can save more money and you can really see the portions that you can put away Uh, And maybe you are the best spender in the world, aka you only spend on the necessities, your cell phone bills, the cheapest it can be, all those kind of things. Uh, But you're not fully aware of the total amount that you could be saving while doing your monthly uh, expenses and revenue and all that kind of stuff, or basically using a budget tracker uh, can show you exactly the number that you should be using, Mm -hmm. basically putting it away and stuff like that. So. All right. Yeah. I think we've blabbered on long enough. Yeah. So everyone save enough money so they can buy a house with Team Luca first. Uh, we will help you with that and we will bring you to financial freedom. Yeah. There's there's the call to action. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I guess on a serious note, um, I know this wasn't 100% related to real estate, but if you do have any questions, um, whether that ranges, I mean, we're going to have some tips coming out about renovations soon. Mm-hmm. Um whether that ranges from, you know, you're getting ready to list your house in 2023 or you're considering buying a house in 2023. Any question under the sun, shoot us an email, shoot us a message. Yep. We're here to help. Mm-hmm. And take Perfect. our financial advice with a grain of salt yes. because we are not financial advisors, financial planners, really or we're not fast. certified yeah, there we go. <laughs> to provide this advice. But this is personal experience only and worked for us, but may not work for others. There's our little legal jargon. Exactly. Perfect. All right. Thank you. And cut. Cut.